Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I'm Eric from Mountaintop 9, and you're listening to Vieira Vault. All right, Schmack of Gob. Uh, I got here Eric from Mountaintop Nine. Hey, Eric, how you doing today? Hey, pretty good, man. Thanks. I'm very glad to have you on here. I I got to tell you how I discovered you, and I couldn't stop laughing. It was so funny, man. It was, uh, and it was just one day I was like, you know, I was listening to Never Say Die, and yeah. I was like, I want to see what people say about Never Say Die because I did a a review of it, like shit i think maybe 10 years ago already and i and it's and i'll talk about never say die later but i watched your review i think your review was technical xc and never say die together yeah and i was watching it and i really dug the way that you you uh expressed yourself i like how you express yourself with the, with the songs and such and mm-hmm. we do agree a lot and, you know but you know we all don't agree on everything but i yeah. gotta say i agree with you more than i don't and um, <clears throat> the part that really made me laugh was when uh, you said, and and you were you're not trying to be funny. You were you were legitimately uh, annoyed by a, a thing that you saw that says um, only trust the first four or five Black Sabbath albums. Right. And the tirade you did after that was gold, man. You know, there's a T-shirt that really fucking pisses me off. It says something about. Trust only, I, I forget, the only things in life that you can trust are the first five Black Sabbath albums. I think that's what it says. It, maybe it says the first six, but I think it says the first five. What the fuck is wrong with someone who would come up with something like that? Or They're not a Sabbath fan. If the only Sabbath you like are the first five, get the fuck out of here. I mean, it, come on. Seriously, I'm almost speechless just thinking about that idea that someone would only like the first four albums or only the first five. Open your mind. Expand your horizons. If you're a fan of Tony Iommi's guitar, how the hell can you only like the first four or five albums? The man put out so many fucking great riffs, so many great leads after that. That man is Black Sabbath, so broaden your horizons. Listen to more. you got to go past Volume 4. you got to go past Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Because there's more great material there. That really irks me. Stuff like that. Acting like the only cool Sabbath albums are the first four or five. Jesus Christ. Whatever. It's true what you were saying. It's like, how can you be a Black Sabbath fan and not like explore them after Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath or Sabotage? You right. Know? You're, yeah. you're missing out on so much. Definitely. And and it's so true because there are some albums later on that, look, I'm a Black Sabbath. My favorite band of all time is 70s Black Sabbath. Not mm-hmm. against the later stuff because I love it all. I love pretty much everything. There is one I don't like, and, and you don't like it either, I notice. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> but it is true what you say. It's like, I mean, do you agree with me when I just say people are just lazy who would think that? They just don't want to explore, right? Right. That's exactly what I think. They don't want to go past. It's like they'll listen all the way up through Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and then everything after that they don't care about. And that is lazy. You know, there's so much. Black Sabbath came out with so many great albums. So it's really, you're not being very adventurous if you don't try to get into that other stuff. And it's very easy to get into. You put on an album like Technical Ecstasy, it's a really good rocking album from start to finish, pretty much. And it... Uh, Never Say Die's got great stuff on it. The biggest problem, I think, with Never Say Die, if I was going to criticize it, is maybe the production sound of it. It could be have a better sound quality. But right. the song themselves, great material on that album. Amazing. I mean, um, 
It's not, not my favorite Black Sabbath album, but oddly enough, it's the one I listen to the most. I don't know why. I can't explain that. But there's, there's just something about, about it. There's something yeah. about Ozzy's voice on that album, too, where it sounds like almost like how he sounded when he went solo on Blizzard of Oz and Diary of a Madman. He has that right. quality voice on that album. So I think that's kind of cool because that's not how Ozzy sounded on like Master of Reality, you know, and Paranoid. Right. He sounded right. you know, early albums yeah it's like uh the beginning there was a certain ozzy sound then the middle section it got very very powerful like yeah. sabbath playing sabbath and sabotage is probably him at his peak like but yes. you hear hints of it in the next two albums as well mm. but uh all right so why don't we get started let's talk about the very first black sabbath album uh oh. were you were you very very young when you heard this one or was that later on when i heard the first i was about 11 I had to discover that album on my own because my dad didn't have that. Um, and the first time I actually heard anything from it was on We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll. I got that compilation on a cassette tape. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I heard the title track, Black Sabbath. And, uh, you know, when I heard that song, you know, back then when I was 11, it was a very scary sounding song. I'd never really heard anything like that because... Um, Sabbath really didn't do too many more songs like that where they were trying to be have like a scary, you know, like horror aesthetic to the to the uh, music. They had that song and then they had like electric funerals, kind of scary sounding. So that made a big impression on me hearing the uh, title song for the first time, for sure. And then when I finally got the album and heard it from start to finish, you know, it's a very, very strong album. Um, If I was a couple favorites from it. I'd probably go with NIB and Wicked World. I really love those two. Those still stand up. And Behind the Wall of Sleep. So those would be my favorites from that album. Yeah, this one, and you know, like I told you before we're going to do this, it's going to be very nerve-wracking and uh, hard to pick a least favorite. But, I mean, just to let everybody know, just because it's the least favorite, it's it's still a song we would love. And if you would have picked all right, I like a better way of saying it. I like these songs more than if I was to put them all in order and I love all the songs, which one would you put at the bottom? On the first album for me, it's pretty easy. Um, I don't hate this song, but I don't love it either. I just kind of like it uh, would be The Wizard. I just don't like that harmonica. So it just it I can't like love that song if they if it didn't have the harmonica to it. I would probably like it a lot better because the verse sections with that riff that Ozzy's singing over, I mean, it, it's another scary sounding riff. It's kind of a dark song there, but I just don't like the harmonica. So I'd put it at, at my least favorite on the first album. All right. So that this one wasn't painful for you. It's okay. It's okay. And I was like, most of the albums it would be is the funny thing. This right. one is a one, but most of the albums, it, it's very hard to pick a least favorite. Uh, this one is is pretty hard for me, but uh, I have to agree with you. Though oh, I love it, I love it, I, I love it. Uh, I don't really mind, mind the harmonica, but I like every song more than that one. Uh, and, and oddly enough, my favorite, and it has not always been my favorite, uh, was in recent years. Uh, the warning has become my favorite song off the album. Um, it was one of, the, and, and like you, I own "We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll" before the first album. So right. I was aware of the warning, and uh, the, what else was on that? Uh, the wizard, I think, was on. We sold our souls. Maybe oh yeah, it, oh it was. Yep. Yeah, and, it was. And, the, and uh, yeah, that would be my favorite, and and the wizard would be my least favorite, though I love it. So we're gonna go now to Paranoid, the okay. second album, and I and I believe that's one that you had really young, right? Oh yeah, your I mean, dad he- had it. Yeah, Iron Man was one of the first songs I can remember where I was like, that's Black Sabbath. I remember seeing the video for that on TV. And uh, so, yeah, I remember hearing War Pigs and Paranoid and Iron Man. Those were always around those songs. So, Um, But if I was going to pick a favorite on the album right now, because these things kind of change, you know. Yeah, same with me. And I don't know about you, but uh, there are times my favorite Sabbath albums change, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. These things are fluid. It doesn't stay the same all the time. But I would say right now, if I had to pick a favorite song, one that I'd want to put on on that album, it would be uh, Planet Caravan. Oddly enough, oh, it wouldn't wow. be your songs. It'd be that song. 
because um, there's something about that song. It's never gotten old to me. Um, I, I've never overplayed that track and it has a really haunting quality to it. So I would probably put that. It's my number one and Hand of Doom. If I had to pick a couple, Hand of Doom would probably, probably be my second favorite. And would you, would you have a least favorite? Least favorite on that album. Ooh, that see that's hard because see this is one where it's hard to pick. I I guess I'd say fairies wear boots. I guess if I had to pick one least, I'd put that one. Well, uh, yeah, my favorite would be Electric Funeral. Uh, That's a a, good. Yeah, yeah, it was you know, and that was the first introduction of Black Sabbath because I shared a room with my big brother, and he owned. And, I, you know, I'm much older than you, so I'm talking about when it was released, maybe a year or two after, or mid-70s, early 70s. And back then, um, it was pre-Satanic Panic, but still, it was because we didn't have that much evil in music back then. And I was very God-fearing, because when you're a kid in the early 70s, you, you, you got installed, you know, you have to be, you know, good or you're going to hell. And when my brother would play Electric Funeral, I'd run out of the room because I really thought, listening to this, I'm going to hell. It's that, you know, provocative, evil sounding that it just scared the hell out of me. And it made such an impact that later on, now it's like, man, that riff, that opening riff is just, I don't know, I think it's one of the greatest uh, Iomi riffs. It's just, and just the way Ozzy delivers it with that creepy voice. Yeah, and. and I, you know, and I hate to say this because I do love the song, but I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to judge it with burnout factor. Um, it would be paranoid. I love okay. it, but you know, it's the song I wouldn't really. You know, Rat Salad to me is kind of like Hand of Doom. You know, they they, they yeah. separate it, but it's the same thing, right? Yeah, I thought the same way in my head. I was thinking along the same lines. I thought about saying Rat Salad, but I was like, is that really even a song? So, yeah. To same me, thing. it's. To me, it's Hand of Doom, but they just split it, you know, because yeah. it fits so well. All yeah. right, and um, we'll, we'll, dis- we'll discuss what's our favorite Sabbath album of the 70s when, we, when we're done with this. So now we're going to go into Master Reality. I mean, was this the one that you knew at a young age as well? Oh, yeah. By the time I was 11, I had, you know, went out and bought the cassette tapes of every 70s Sabbath album. So, yeah, yep. Grew up listening to this one a lot. This one, I, did this this one get you right right on first listen? Yeah, because this is a very catchy album. You know, Master of Reality, it's very strong. It's very consistent throughout, too. You don't too have too many dips on this album where something kind of is real jarring and you're like, what's that song? You know, in Paranoid, you have stuff like Rat Salad and you have stuff like Planet Caravan. I know you've got Solitude towards the end on here, but for the most part, it's just a chunky heavy lumbering album you know and it has that consistent tone all the way through but um i would probably say after forever and uh lord of this world if i had to pick two favorites on here and if i had to pick a least see this is hard i guess i'd say sweet leaf is if i had to put one if i was ranking them sweet leaf would be my least favorite but forever it's just a crushing song and um the great thing is I got to see that song performed live when they did the reunion tour in 99. Um, I went and saw them in Pittsburgh and they did that song. I couldn't believe they played a song like that because that's basically a deep cut. That's not a really, you know, well-known right. song to the average person that goes to one of those shows. So, And it, it was heavy. It was great hearing that riff, you know, in the live setting, that verse riff and After Forever. So, yeah. Amazing, and it's an amazing album. They downtuned, and yeah. uh, I mean, uh, uh, you know, a lot of stoner bands owe, owe their career to that album. I think, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the whole downtune thing. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I, I always sound like a, a broken record, but when it comes to Black Sabbath in the seventies, I have nothing bad to say. Till a couple albums coming up, uh, a couple songs here and there, but uh, yeah, it's extremely difficult for me to pick a least favorite, and I love the song, but if I had to pick the bottom, it's one of your picks. You know, I would put Lord of the World on the bottom, and I love Lord of This World. I love right. it. It was never performed live till they did the reunion album. I don't know if you're aware of that. And, yeah, I, uh, 
saw them do it live. I think they only played after forever and they played into the void at the show I went to, but they didn't do Lord of This World, I don't think. No, I'm it, talking about that live uh, reunion album where they recorded in Birmingham. They played yeah. Lord of This World for the first time. Well, oh, that was the first time they played it. Oh, okay. It was never it's, done in it. It's kind of like Under the Sun. I, I really wish I would have saw them do that live, but of course they didn't do that at any of the shows I saw. So. I did see them play Under the Sun live, but it wasn't with Bill Ward. It was that oh. 13 tour. They actually did play it. I was amazed. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, you too. Uh, my favorite song is my all-time favorite song from Black Sabbath. And it's, it's a popular, probably the most popular one on here is Children of the Grave. Um, I can't put into words why. It's something about that buildup and yeah. how it kicks in and just everything else and the, the creepy ending with the feedback. Um, yeah. it's, it's my all-time favorite Black Sabbath song. I mean, I, you know, I know it'd be like, oh, no, it's, you know, well, I don't want to discuss that song until later because my second favorite would be a lot of people's favorite because it's such a deep track, you know. But I can't right. help it. Even though it's a popular song, it is my favorite off it. Now we're going to nine times out of ten, my favorite Black Sabbath album, but sometimes it fluctuates with other albums, but volume four. Yeah. Um, what an amazing... I mean, this is just... Um, you know how you were talking about earlier how Master Reality doesn't really dip much. This one dips a lot. It does yeah. a lot of... This one is adventurous, yeah. It really does. It takes you on an adventure. It, there's something... To me, it's like, you know, I don't take drugs, but when I listen to it, I feel like I'm on drugs. It gives right. me some kind of high, mm -hmm. you know? It's yeah. just an amazing song, amazing album. Um, uh, and uh, is this is one that you discovered after for, um, we sold our souls or before? Uh, probably right around the same time. Yeah. And uh, I would say if I had to pick a couple favorites on this one, it would be uh, Under the Sun and Snowblind. Those were the two. Those are the two right now, I would say, are my tops on this one. And I'd put Changes as my least favorite. Right, just, yeah. This doesn't do much for me. It's And it's not a bad song. It's just, it's one that you can kind of listen to a few times and you get the gist of it. And I just don't feel like returning to it that much. No, I, I do love Change It a lot, but it is my least favorite on here. Um, well, my favorite, man, it's, well, like you're doing too, I guess I'll do too as well, would be um, um, Supernault and Cornucopia. Uh, uh, those those will be my two favorites. There's something yeah. about that intro to Cornucopia. I mean, you can't get doomier than that. Exactly. It's another scary sounding riff. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Just an amazing album. This is an album that um, Tony Iommi did not like that album cover. And right. soon after is when Tony Iommi took center stage. Mm -hmm. and, and the rumor is he took center stage because of that album cover. You know, oh. that's that's the rumor. I, I like you and something that you bring up a lot and, and it needs to be known, even though it's out of print. To me, Doom Let Loose is such a great Black Sabbath book. If you want to learn, you know, from Martin Popoff, um, he, he did another one called Black Sabbath Facts. That's great. Have you seen that? I read that one. Black I've Sabbath Facts. One. I've seen that one, but I never bought that one. I do have Doom Let Loose, and you're right. It's a great book. You can learn a lot from that one. And he's fair. He covers every era of Sabbath, so I like right. that. And he talks about each song, what went into the albums. Right. And uh, it's just a very, very important book. And Sabbath 4, I mean, Volume 4 is, you know, to me, hey, look, it's my favorite album from my favorite band. So that's that says something. Yeah. And then we go into what I feel is even more experimental yeah. was uh, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath? Um, I really love it to this day. I think it's a great album. I think from the, uh, for me personally, from the 70s era, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath is kind of like how heaven and hell is for the, you know, when I think of heaven and hell, I think of it as almost like a work of art. It's a very majestic album. I kind of feel the same thing can be applied to Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. It just seems to be striving for so much more than what they had in the past. And, um, you know, my favorite 
the title track, the opening song, if I have to pick my number one favorite off this album, it's got to be that one. It's just such a magnificent song. And it, you know, it just goes through so many different emotions. It's got great riffing. Uh, Ozzy just sounds fantastic. It's unbelievable how good he sounds on that song. And, you know, so many bands have tried, they try to do covers of that song. And they always sound stupid when they try to do <laughs> vocal. I, I, no one can do it like that. So I don't even know why bands bother trying to cover that song in particular. It's really hard for people to sing. And uh, but I'd pick that one, and probably "Killing Yourself to Live" would probably be my two favorites on this right album. On. You would have a leaf favorite on it. Um, I guess I would probably say "Spiral Architect." It's not a bad song, but if I I would put it my least favorite. Right. Um. I, yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, is definitely yeah. my favorite song on here. I really love Nash- National Acrobat. And what's funny about that song, it was Geezer who wrote the riff to that one, which is oh yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty unique. Thinking you know because it's such a killer riff that you would figure it's Iomi, you know, but it's right. actually Geezer, you know. Um, if I had to pick a least favorite, that that that's a tough one. It would be probably Who Are You, and I love it because it's so weird and strange. Yeah, um, yeah. But but I do love that song. But it, you know, uh, I put every song above that one but and you know um like you were saying that that you know people that didn't explore sabbath after this album you're so missing out you know and uh especially with the next one if you're talking we're talking 70 sabbath how can you not like sabotage if you like sabbath like sabbath it makes zero sense to me right Uh, yeah because to me it's it's even though they're very different but in a way, it's kind of like a sister album, too, because of Ozzy's voice. Yes. Uh, I think Ozzy was at his peak, at the most powerful, hitting those crazy high notes. And uh, I that's, see, that's an album that if it ain't volume four, it's usually Sabotage, my favorite one. But, mm-hmm. uh, eh, but, but um, God, I love this album. What do you think of Sabotage? I think it's a masterpiece. I, from the first time I heard it, it just took me aback. I couldn't believe how strong it was. You know, Hole in the Sky comes out. And it's just such a rocking song. They did, it, it re- that song stands alone. They don't have too many songs that have the kind of feel that that song has. Because it's heavy, but it's kind of upbeat, too. You know, it's, I would classify that. I wouldn't even say that's really a metal song. It feels more like a hard rock song to me. And, uh, you know, because when you get to something like Symptom of the Universe, that's real doomy. That's quintessential Sabbath. But Hole in the Sky um, just has a whole different feel to it. And it gets the album started off on such a great note. Sounds like, was, it, it, sounds like it was recorded uh, live, doesn't it? Like they yeah. all recorded live. It sounds very organic. Especially when you get to a song later on, like The Thrill of It All. That. That totally has a feel like they're right there in the studio, the four of them recording it together, you right. know, and in, in like one or two takes. It just has a live feel to it. And I think that's the difference between Sabotage and Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, the biggest difference, because yeah. otherwise they're very they're both really majestic kind of upper tier Sabbath albums. You make a really good point, because what Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath doesn't have what Sabotage has. Sabotage has more of a loose live feel on some of those songs, where Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath sounds very, you know, precise, well thought out. And you can tell it ain't one takes, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, a lot more. It sounds like a lot of layering and a lot of overdubs, a lot of stuff went into it. But I would say if I had to pick one favorite, though, off Sabotage, it'd be Megalomania. That'd right. be my and my least favorite would be Am I Going Insane? That would right. be my. And, and let me ask you, I mean, um, this is this was my problem with Sabotage when I was a kid. Um, only we sold our souls for rock and roll. Hearing that song, Am I Going Insane, really did uh, didn't didn't make me want to buy that album because I thought that album was going to be like that. Right, you know? yeah. So it's yeah. Sabotage. It was the last Black Sabbath album I bought from the 70s. I think I bought that around Mob Rules, like that oh. much later, you know, oh. um, when Mob Rules came out. But um, 
I got to say, man, like I was saying earlier, you know, I mean, you know, people would pick like a deep track as the best Black Sabbath song. And I go with Chillin' in the Grave. But man, my second favorite Black Sabbath song is definitely Megalomania. There is yeah. just something so amazing about that song. The eerie intro, the killer riffs later, Ozzy yeah. screaming, suck me, you know, and shit like that. I yep. think uh, Thrill of It All is the dark horse on the album. I yeah, think that's that's one that, that doesn't get talked much with Black Sabbath fans because when Black Sabbath fans that talk about you know really analyze, it's usually Megalomania and the Rit people, which are great songs. Don't get me wrong, but not a lot of people talk about Thrill of It All, and I think that song is so good. It's yeah. so it's such an amazing track, you know. It's an overlooked it, song for sure. Yeah, and uh, and 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 uh, let me ask you this because I I. I I seem to be the minority on this. A lot of people don't like how Symptom ends. I actually love how it goes into that kind of. Oh, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, I think that's a, it's kind of a nice uh, contrast to the rest of the song. And it has, it, I think it's kind of, I said this in a review I did for this album, but it's kind of seems kind of cynical to me. After all the lyrics that were in Symptom of the Universe in the whole first half, and then to have these kind of, I don't know. It's kind of like peace and love style. Lyrics. Right. It's, it's kind of, I don't know. It, I take it in kind of an amusing way. It doesn't, it doesn't seem serious to me. I, I like it. I don't mind it. Um, it reminds me of stuff that they would do live. He would, what's that thing that they would do live? Sometimes I'm happy. They would do like yeah. this. It reminds me of that. So I like that. Lots of times when Ozzy was coming up with the, me with the melodies to the songs, um, you know, when they'd be jamming and before Geezer would write down lyrics, a lot of the stuff that Ozzy would sing, he would sing like these boy girl love type lyrics. Like if you've ever heard the first stuff they did for Paranoid. Par the so, song Paranoid, right? Yeah. So it just kind of makes me feel like, well, that's stuff just coming off the top of Ozzy's head. So it kind of fits. So I think that's uh, something that a lot of people take for granted is uh, melodies. Vocal melodies are very important. And, you know, if you listen to these vocal melodies, hey, he may not write, you know, a, a bunch of lyrics. He did write the very first Black He wrote Black Sabbath. I mean, those yeah. are Ozzy lyrics. He wrote yeah. Fair and Square Boots. He wrote The Writ. You know, yeah. it's not like he didn't write anything. People just think Ozzy's useless and they just go in there and sing this. But the way they do it, and both Iomi and Geezer has praise, and uh, Don Airy as well. They think they, they call Ozzy a genius when it comes to the melody he comes up with. And then Geezer yeah. writes the lyrics to it. But and yeah. and it's true because a lot of the vocal melodies are awesome. And they're you know, they're you know, some people are like, Oh yeah, how hard is it to write vocal melodies for Iron Man? Because he's singing the riff. But that's very rare he sings a riff. You know, it just yeah. happened here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 came up with a lot of good melodies. I mean for every song like Iron Man or uh, Electric Funeral, where he was just kind of following the melody, but then you get to songs, you know, like we were talking about Never Say Die. I mean, he's not following the riff patterns on that album. He's doing all kinds of stuff and all kinds of vocal acrobatics on, you know, these past few albums we're talking about. So it's very important. And then when you get right. to Ozzy Solo, you know, Randy Rhodes and Jakey e. Lee, they weren't writing riffs that you could follow like that anyway. Ozzy was singing across all kinds of, you know, different riff patterns on those albums. So I don't really think that's so much his fault. On, that's kind of a cop-out when you'd hear uh, Tony Iommi say things like, Ozzy would follow the riff, but Ronnie would sing across it, so you could do so much more. I think it was really more that um, kind of like uh, Tony would just kind of got into a comfort zone sometimes. And he would write like stuff like that for Ozzy, but really Ozzy could do so much more just given the opportunity. That's why when it got to like Blizzard of Oz and Diary of a Madman, I mean, it's incredible all the stuff he does on those albums. Historic albums, man. And uh, you can't, I mean, that's, that's one thing. I mean, everybody thought that's it for Ozzy, you know? Nobody thought he was going to achieve anything. And look what he did. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, as, long, as long as he had good uh, musicians around him with what he could bring to the table, I mean, yeah, there's the proof right there, all the great stuff he went on to do. Bob Daisley is criminally underrated, not only 
as a lyricist because those lyrics are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you know, you listen to a song like "Waiting for Darkness" and stuff like that. And, yeah, and his bass playing. You know that you if you listen to those early Ozzy albums, the bass playing that's going on. It's oh just, yeah, like song like "Believer" and uh, you know "Sato," all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Amazing stuff, but you know, yeah, Ozzy surrounded himself. You know, he, he doesn't get all the credit. He shouldn't get all the credit like he did on Bark at the Moon. I mean, I, I feel that's unfair. But right. um, but he, you know, he should get credit as a melody writer. People should understand. You know, I'm in a band, so I know how important melody should go with songs. You know, you don't want to do Iron Man. You don't want to just, you know, follow a riff. It's okay to do it now and then. But, right. You know, you listen to the, the, the melody of Supernaut, for example, you know, uh, what he does on that. It's just, yeah. it, it adds so much to it, you know? And yeah. uh, people, you know, people just love to hate. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Megalomania, did, did I say my least favorite? It, w- it would probably be uh, going going insane. I mean, we're not counting instrumentals. No. Um, though Superstar is awesome, but it's very odd. <laughs> it's a yeah. very odd one, you know? Um, all right, so... That video, um, Black Sabbath Story Volume One. Did you get those videotapes? I have them. I have both volumes. Yes. Yeah. They played that song in the intro um, on that video, and it was really cool. Like the montage they have of you know of uh, Seventy Sabbath, and they have Super Czar playing over it. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a cool yeah. tune. It's not one of my favorites. I do like it. Yeah, it's 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 creepy. Um, yeah. I didn't know it at the time, but the very first time I ever heard Superstar was the very first time I saw Black Sabbath was on the Heaven and Hell tour in 1980. Um, they opened with that, you know, before they went into, uh, I think it was War Pigs. They opened that because I, I, not, I saw the tour after I recorded on the stereo King Biscuit Flower Hour. And okay. you hear the, the very end of, of Superstar going into War Pigs, but, you know, the first time I heard it complete. Was there and I and I'll never forget that show, man. There was uh, it's kind of like in the nosebleed section. There was some older guys up there saying, "Fuck this shit, Ozzy, Ozzy." They were just like, and man, Dio came out and you know I, I heard a lot of stories how Dio got a lot of shit, but mm-hmm. Dio stood his ground. You know, he didn't give a fuck. Right. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people weren't expecting. Uh, you know, wasn't really uh, they they wanted Ozzy, you know, because yeah. Ozzy's such a uh, a figure, you know, such a great stage presence, you know. Yeah. But uh, all right, so I guess we discuss sabotage, and uh, then we go into technical ecstasy, which is another latecomer for me. But um, I, you know what? I think I even got technical ecstasy after sabotage. Now I think about it, maybe a year after. Um, but it's um, it's an album that back then I never ever hated it. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. it was something I wouldn't put on often. I would listen to it. I was like, yeah, it's no, it's no sabotage. It's no, you know, master reality or so. But I would play it now and then out of respect. But right. now, now it's like, this album is amazing. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it, is, it does contain the first song that I really dislike from Black Sabbath. Uh, do you like every song off this album? No. No, that, that there's one that comes instantly to mind that I don't really care for. I don't hate it, but I don't. I wouldn't say I like it. Yeah, and, I'd, even, I'd even go as far as to say the one I don't like, I hate. <laughs> which yeah. one's that? Uh, she's gone. Oh, she's that, gone. That one. See, is, I, I think that one's okay. Is that the one that you, you is your least favorite on there though? No, it's all right. It's my least favorite. All right, and I, and I really like that one. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's different. It's not Sabbath at all. No. Nah. But but I do I do like that. You know, Guns N' Roses played that. I don't know if you're really? aware of this. Oh yeah, I remember. I I heard about that or read about that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I never saw it. I never saw that on a video clip of it or anything. There is a there is a YouTube video of Axel playing that song, which is odd, oh. you know, out of all songs, you know. Right. Yeah. Um. But man, this album, uh, I really love Gypsy. Yeah. Uh, for the longest time, my favorite was All Moving Parts Stand Still. Mm-hmm. It's a, a, a unique um, subject matter. It's the President of the United States that's a transvestite. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that song's about. Weird. <laughs> Super weird. But as time has gone on, my favorite song, and I would even put it in my top 10 favorite Black Sabbath songs, 
is You Can't Change Me. That's okay. my, my favorite song off that album. I absolutely love that song. And it would be my least favorite Black Sabbath album from the 70s, but I still love it. I still love it a lot. But what do you think of Technoplexy? I, I really, really love it. It's just this album, I've never gotten tired of listening to it. And I've been listening to this one since I was 11. And I've just, it never gets old. And I would say my two favorites would probably be Gypsy and uh, You Won't Change Me. I mean, those really stand out to me. And yeah, least favorite would be It's All Right. But Gypsy is such an amazing song. I just love it. I love the, the uh, closing of that song. It just has this really mysterious feeling to it. So I just really like the feeling that that song gives you. And it's that middle song. section with uh, the echoey vocals and yeah. the keyboard. Yeah, it's a, weird, it's a weird experimental song, and it's hard rocking, but then it's haunting at the same time. It's just got all these different elements to it. And it's, you won't change me. You know, that's that's right up there. That's really close with that one. Um one song that I got tired of from this album, even though I wouldn't put it as my least favorite or, or anything, would be Dirty Women. But that's just because of how many times I've heard it. And they would play it when they did the reunion tours. They kept playing that song and playing it and playing it. So over time, I kind of got tired of it. But um, yeah, great album for sure. Uh, you know what? I'm not too crazy about Rock and Roll Doctor, though. I mean, I don't hate it, but I'm not too crazy about that one. It's um, okay. Yeah, it's just, it's okay. I, I, I was really surprised when I saw the Born Again tour. They played that song. I couldn't believe it. Right. I, Ian Gillen must have liked, he must have liked that one. Yeah, I think that's, that's played it. Supernault yeah. and, and Supernault and Rock and Roll Doctor, they pulled out. I was like, wow. I wasn't <laughs> expecting this, you know. But uh, all right, now we're going into, uh, and I think the reason why this one is probably the one I play the most, but not my favorite, but why it's very special to me. Um, I don't know if this happens to you, but when a band you love, I mean, you get into, and you're really into the band, and then their next album comes out, so it's the first album you buy from this band you already like, but you buy their new album for the first time. That was mm -hmm. me with Never Say Die. you know. Oh. And something about buying it when it was brand new, the first, but I'll tell you this, as a kid, I never really ventured on side too much. I love side one. I wasn't too crazy on hard road, but I love the first three songs. But, you know, I remember playing side two a couple, but it didn't, didn't grab me now. My God, you know, yeah. It's really Other than, and, and, and I'm glad you said this because I got a lot of complaints from people online that said, uh, you're fucking crazy. Breakout is awesome. I'm like, I don't get it. And then when I heard you say it, I think you were the first person ever to agree with me on Breakout. It's yeah. just a mess, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that's just a terrible, terrible song. Now, um, my favorite, and it's been my favorite forever, is uh, Junior's Eyes. Um. I don't know if you heard the Dave Walker version, but it was bad. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, I looked it up on YouTube like 10 years ago or something. Listen, they had it up there and I heard it. Yeah, not good. Maybe, no. Yeah, and, and I was thinking, well, maybe I'm too used to the Aussie version, but yeah, it was just yeah. bad. And uh, I love Johnny Blade, but but I got to say, man, my and, and, and maybe, I mean, it sounds like it may be my favorite one day. I don't know why, but there's something so special about air dance to me yeah just, that song is you know like we were talking about gypsy it's kind of like the gypsy of right this album, but it goes into this little jazzy thing in the middle and the piano um yeah. don airy it's an amazing song i think it's a masterpiece yeah i, I would agree with you i would agree with you it, it's a grower though it is a grower for me it was um, I didn't really get side too much, you know, but man, listening to now, you know, shockwaves over to you, swing of the chain, amazing, yeah. amazing song. And, uh, but you know, I think this album is fucking awesome. Um, yeah. I think it's, um, it gets a lot of shit. Um, but I don't think a lot of people give it enough of a chance and including me. I mean, I was guilty of it myself. I mean, I didn't hate it, but I never really 
let it sink in as much as I should have. And to yeah. this day, it's the one I play the most. What do you think of Never Say Die? Well, I do got to say, part of the problem with uh, Never Say Die being disliked by people or overlooked, it didn't help that Ozzy would say in interviews that it's just a piece of shit and that he hates the album and that it's garbage. He wishes it was never recorded. Because when people read that or see him say that in an interview, that steers them away. And then they don't even give the album a chance. They just take his word for it. Um, so that didn't help. But... Um, I think it's a great album, and I love the way, like I said earlier, I love the way Ozzy's voice sounds on this album. And, um, you know, I love Johnny Blade, Junior's Eyes, like you said, and uh, Shockwaves, too. Awesome. You know, song, or Shockwave. I, I get confused because Ozzy, there's the live recording where he introduces it. I can't remember if it's Shockwave or Shockwaves. I think it's Shockwave. It's but, with uh, an S, I think. Shockwaves. Uh, but that's a great tune. That's one that sounds like it could have been on. Uh, sounds like it could have been on Sabotage, because right. it's got a similar feeling. How it kind of takes you on a adventure and goes through its peaks and valleys. It's got rock and riffs and different uh, vocal melodies going on and stuff. So I really love that one. And it has a really nasty guitar solo, which yeah. Tony does. That sound he has, it's like it's yeah. really nasty. I love it. I love that song. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I'd, I'd probably say uh, Hard Road. That's probably my least favorite on this one. But it's it's a really good album. Really, really good. Yeah, not counting, again, not counting instrumental, because Breakout would be definitely the one. Oh, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> think about that one. I've just totally discarded that. I never even think about that one. Yeah, if I had to think, if yeah, I, you know, I'm with you. And I don't really hate Hard Road. Um, but at the same time, you know, kind of like, you know, it's the only Black Sabbath song that features Tony Omi singing, uh, cause, um, yeah, the backing vocals. Yeah. And another but, I think over to you is kind of an overlooked song too. There's the, the vocal melody that Ozzy does on that is very infectious. It's very catchy. The more you listen to that song, I've always oh, kind of liked it. Yeah, I would agree with you. I'd say shockwaves and over to you are kind of like the dark horses. Not yeah. talked enough about, even though Shockwaves was played, you know, um, what was that, Shockwaves in Texas or something like that, was that bootleg that you were talking about, which yeah. is a soundboard, which is really good, actually, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I have to agree with you. I would say, um, uh, well, Junior's Eyes would be my favorite, and, uh, but man, you know, like you were naming two songs, Junior's Eyes, Air Dance are my favorite. And, you know, something we haven't talked about either was the amazing title track. I mean, yeah. I love that. It's so straightforward, you know? It really is, and it, and it kind of stands alone, just like Hole in the Sky, how that opens up Sabotage. You know, when you hear Never Say Die, the way it starts the album, it's so unique. It's, it's just this upbeat, hard rock song. It just right. has a different feel to it than what you'd expect. If someone's just been listening to Master of Reality over and over again, Hearing a song like ne Never Say Die, it might be a little jarring at first, but it, but it's a good tune. I love it. And, you know, Ozzy, you know, recorded it again on uh, Speak of the Devil. Right. Uh, so he must have liked that song or else he wouldn't have uh, played that when they did that album with his solo band. So. And, and, and also you think what you were saying earlier, you know, yeah, I know that After Hours interview where Ozzy says, uh, you know, the worst piece of crap I ever did and this and that. I mean, it, it, it's no different than people that hear that than people that don't explore Sabbath after Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. It's yeah. like, you know, but it's maybe even a little worse because you're you're not thinking for yourself. You're thinking what Ozzy's saying. I mean, yeah, think for yourself. All right, that's the end of part one. Next week, we'll be back with the rest of the discography with Mountaintop 9, Eric Anderson. Really cool dude, and... uh I love how he just expresses himself when it comes to the music, which he gets really more into on the next episode, being that him and I are very huge Tony Martin fans, so you'll hear us gloat about that, and the Dio stuff, and everything, really, except for a couple albums uh, we're not too crazy about. Tune in next week to find out what that is. Uh, so, you know what time it is, right? Follow me, let's go into the vault.
All right, we're in the vault, and I'm going to play you something uh, very rare by Black Sabbath. It's so rare, I don't know where it's from. So maybe somebody listening can tell me, where was this recorded? It's very, it sounds awesome. It sounds like it's a live album or off an FM recording. Uh, I can't find where this is from. So, uh, and it's rare. It's a song that they only played on that tour from Technical Ecstasy, which used to be my favorite song off the album, but now it's You Can't Change Me or You Won't Change Me. Uh, So, uh, this is a very rare recording of Black Sabbath in 1976. If you know where this is from, let me know. This is them doing All Moving Parts Stand Still.
Black Sabbath, all moving parts stand still, live 1976. Where? I don't know where that's from, but I know it sounds amazing. Anyway, that's the end of another Vieira Vault. Just a heads up in case you don't know. Uh, yesterday I put up a Dio documentary. It was the 10th anniversary of Dio's passing. And I made a documentary and it's on the Almost Human Facebook page. Check it out. Uh, it's gotten, as I'm recording this, uh, not even 12 hours after I put it up, it's up to 1,400 views. Amazing. And glowing reviews. Everybody seems to love it. So check it out when you have the time. And uh, tomorrow, I mean, not tomorrow, next week will be part two of the Black Sabbath discography with Mountaintop 9. And Mountaintop 9, check out his YouTube page. If you like horror movies and Black Sabbath talk, and he loves Kansas and Merciful Fate, I have a feeling he'll be back on the Vieira Vault uh, talking about other bands. But check him out next week. I think it's even better next week because we really go into a lot of albums, and it's a longer episode. So, hey, man, thanks, everybody, for watching. I mean, listening. And uh, this... uh, podcast you heard tonight will also be up on the Almost Human, a video version of it uh, later tonight at 8 p.m. Central. I mean, not Central, Eastern, uh, May 17th, 2020, in case you're listening to this much later. So uh, you all rule. Thank you, especially if you're listening to my voice now, as I say always. And look at me, man. Every damn week I've had an episode up for months now, and I got four more episodes, I think even five more episodes to put up. So we're going to get, you know, so far there's over a month worth of episodes. Vieira Vault's kicking ass just as much as you kick ass. Thanks for listening, everybody. Smack them a gab.